Welcome, everyone, to Doing Business with a Servant's Heart. As I always say, I've got another servant in the show today. She's got an incredible story, and you can see that somebody like Robin has overcome some struggles, and now she's helping others and serving others with all her knowledge and her experience. Robin, welcome to the show. Hi, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me. I do say she's Dr. Robin because she's got some PhDs, which I always like to announce. It's a lot of work and a lot of effort, and you deserve to be honored for that. So congratulations. Thank you. Well, let's start with your background. I mentioned that earlier. You've had some struggles. Let's mm. talk about that. Yeah. So the background, you have to start kind of pretty far back. And that is, I grew up in a very fundamental Christian family, oldest of eight children. And I graduated from high school, valedictorian, yay me. Yay. And then three weeks later, my dad married me off to a man who was 11 years my senior. And he promptly moved me from California, where I grew up, out to Charlotte, North Carolina. And it took me about six months to realize three things. One, he was not very bright. <laughs> Two, he was very badly in debt. And three, he had a drug problem. And I, trifecta, right? Yay, good job, dad. Got the hat trick there. Um, but I can tell you lots of crazy stories from the time I was married to him. Um, I stayed married because one, I, you know, I made a commitment. I'm going to do it. You know, I'm resilient. That was one. But two, the last thing my father said to me before we walked down the aisle was, you're no longer welcome in my home as a single woman. So I didn't have a choice to go home. So I stayed with him for eight and a half years. At the end of that, he threw me out. He told me, I don't love you. I don't want to marriage you. And I don't want you living in my house. Never mind that the house was a slab of concrete, plywood walls, and a tin roof. And I had to cut the grass in the bedroom because it would grow under the wall, living on a catfish farm. Um, but he had done me a favor. He made me get a job. Married women in my family don't work. So that was a big deal. I had a job. I had a good friend who let me move in with her. And then at that point, I had to figure out, how do you adult? How do you make decisions? Because I never made decisions in my life. My dad had always made them for me. And then my husband had made them for me and told me what I was going to do. So that was, you know, a challenge, obviously. I was playing competitive beach volleyball at that point. So I, I had that going for me and started building my own friends and, and that kind of thing. I will skip ahead a little bit. About 20 years later, he came back to me and was like, hey, I want to try again. I love you. I laughed at him. I thought he was kidding. I'm like, there's no way. He's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, there, I am not the same woman you knew. I am not that girl at all anymore. And he said, well, at least let me tell you what happened. Because, you know, I said I didn't love you and it wasn't true. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm all ears. Please tell me what happened. <laughs> and he says to me that the cocaine ring he had gotten involved with wanted to steal his identity because he had good credit. Thank you, Robin. And they did end up stealing his identity. He almost ended up in federal prison. And they knew because I did our family finances that I would recognize what they were doing. So I was going to be in the way and they needed me out of the way. So they convinced him that he would be better off without me and that I was holding him back. So I have a drug cartel to thank for getting me out of a bad marriage. Wow. And, you know, they could have done it a lot messier. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. so fortunately, they they convinced him to, to kick me out. And then about five years later, I made my own mistake. I married a narcissistic closeted bisexual. I give that zero out of five stars. Do not recommend. But. He moved me from Charlotte up to Long Island. And when I got to Long Island, New York, I was just a pretty girl with a high school diploma. I didn't have a network. I used to get headhunted in Charlotte. But when I got to Long Island, no one would even talk to me. I couldn't get an interview. 
And my new husband promptly took a job in London, England, but he needed someone here to kind of hold down the fort for tax reasons. So he said to me, he did me a favor. He said, we don't need your silly money anyway. Why don't you just go to college? And so at 32 years old, I had an opportunity to go to college and I got an undergrad, a master's and a doctorate in six and a half years. That's amazing. And, and I've heard this story the second time. It's even more incredible the second time. What, what I'm hearing too and learning is decisions are important. And sometimes in your case, the decision was made. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, it was a great decision, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm willing, you know, looking back, I've done enough therapy that I can yeah. look back and I can see, oh, the fact that my first husband made me get a job, that was a plus. The fact that he, you know, made me leave, that was a plus. My second husband, when he left for London and left me basically alone on Long Island to kind of figure it out, made me go to college or told me to go to college. That was a plus. So there were a lot of things where in the moment were a disaster and a crisis and awful chaos. Looking back, it's like, oh, I can see how the stepping stones go together. But I will say, be careful about being fooled by randomness. That's the name of a book, Fooled by Randomness. And the idea that my stepping stones some of them might've been turtles or whatever that were swimming by. And if you tried to follow the same step, you wouldn't get the mm -hmm. same place. So everyone's journey is unique. You just have to find your own stepping stones. Experience is a great teacher. Boy, you exemplify that tremendously, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I tell people that I have a degree. That's great. I have a lot of work experience, spent 14 years in the corporate world and now been on my own in my own business for 15 years but it's the school of hard knocks for lack of a better way to put it. That gives me a lot of the knowledge and fortitude that I have. Now taking your experience and what you're doing now, we're going to dive into your mindset mind. I love when we had our conversation a couple of weeks ago, people tabbed you the mental MacGyver. I'm a big MacGyver show fan. So I understand <laughs> hope some audience people out there. Let's talk about that. The mental MacGyver. Yeah. So I'll give you a little background on where that came from. I was uh, talking to a friend, colleague, client who had exited a big marketing and PR firm. And I was helping him with something. We were kind of talking through it, doing my thing. And at the end, he was like, you know, all you need is like a button and some string and some bubble gum and you can do anything. And I jokingly laughed and I was like, yeah, I'm like the mental MacGyver. And he got dead serious and was like, you need to use that. That is phenomenal. And I was like, I was kidding. It's a joke. He's like, no, seriously, the people who need you are going to understand that you need to use it. And well, so that's, that's how I kind of got that moniker. Well, I like it too, because how you described it, you're very unique because mm -hmm. that's what my guy is. He was a unique guy to do unique things. Right. And there's a lot of coaches and consultant mindset people out there. You do some, some things different which is why you're mental MacGyver. What are those with your clients? So the thing that's different about me, um, you'll find a lot of people who they might be life coaches. I don't love yeah. that term, but for lack yes. of better. And, you know, they'll help you maybe with some mindset or some woo woo, or, you know, they'll have a little chit chat with you or whatever. And then on the other side, you have people who might be business coaches or executive coaches or leadership coaches, and they're going to do your business stuff. They're going to, they're going to know all of that, but the space in that middle where the Venn diagram overlaps where you're the cog in the wheel that holds your life together, you know, unless you want to have a therapist and a psychologist and a business coach and an executive coach and all these different people and try to keep track of who did I tell what and who knows the story, yes. that's what you get in me. You get all of the pieces all the way from 
If you want to talk to me about your sex life because it's you're struggling, I'm in. Let's talk about that. You want to talk to me about how your business partner engaged in fraud? Yes, I'm there for that. And there's no such thing as TMI and there's no such thing as off limits. So I think that's part of what makes me unique is my ability to step into any crisis or situation and be that person. You know what you just described to me is the army Swiss knife. And you, you know what? I, the Swiss army knife of army skills, skills and experience and knowledge. Exactly. And what's interesting that I'm hearing as well is you're going to save a lot of money. You, you named about five or six different people that you're going to talk to. Well, they're going to all cost you money. Come to Robin and you'll fill that void for all those people. Of course, it's going to save people money. The thing that time. I find it, my for my clients is that because I'm a concierge service, they don't have to wait till two o'clock on Tuesday to talk to me about what's going on. If a, you have a crisis, you call me, you text me. There are clients that text me every day just to keep me up to date. So when we do have our schedule calls, we can dive right in. We're yeah. not spending the first 30 minutes with them trying to catch me up to what happened in the last two weeks. I know a lot of coaches. That's very unique. I've never heard that audience. This is a very unique person, a person, Robin, <laughs> you know, how, you know, they've heard a lot about you so far. How can they get a hold of you if they want to? How can they reach out to you? The easiest way to find me is mentalmacgyver.com. Like that, that'll take you directly to my website where it has all, all kinds of fun things, including a video of my little dog doing circus tricks. Um, I'm also on YouTube. My, my podcast called quick hits is on YouTube. If they search quick hits, it'll come up, but my website's definitely the easiest place. And I'll put that information in the show notes audience. So you can be able to click on it and, and reach out to her. And I would suggest that if somebody has a question, will you answer a question or that type of thing, discovery. Yeah, I call so the it. way my business model works is the first thing, if someone's interested in kind of what I do, first thing I do, hello conversation. There's a button right on my website that says, let's talk. You want to book a 25 minute hello conversation with me? Yeah, please feel welcome to do that. After that conversation, if we feel like, oh, you know, we might take this a little bit deeper. I do what's called a powerful conversation. That's two hours of let's do the work. Let's do the real thing. Let's get to know each other. Let's see if my style works for you because I am not, if you want to complain, hire a therapist. That is not me. I am, let's fix it. Let's figure out what's going on. And that two hour conversation at the end of it, I don't put a price tag on it. They do. They pay what they think it's worth. And that for two reasons, I'll, I'll explain kind of behind the scenes back, mm -hmm. back office reason for it. Two things about that. One, it gives the client, the potential client, the opportunity to say, I value you. This matters to me. I know why it's important. Here's the number I'm going to put on two hours of your time. And it's not about my time so much as the value I brought to them. So that's one thing, but it's also a litmus test because it tells me if I get someone who doesn't want to do the work, wants to complain, doesn't, you know, is really difficult to talk to, is going to be a challenging client. And then they also don't value me in a way that says, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to pay you for your time. I know right there, I'm going to say, you know what? I might not be the best person for you. Who are you looking for? To do my all these clients, great things. Yeah, my clients are typically men, almost almost exclusively. I do have a couple of women, but typically men. Um, in the founder kind of executive role, they're 45 or older. These are men who are the cog that holds the Venn diagram of their life together. They are the rock for the rocks. They've got it going. Yeah. But they don't have friends. They have bros. They have people they drink with. They have people they yeah. golf with, but they don't have people that they share their stories with. And then I have um, athletes and celebrities as well, because I am a sports psychologist by training and a former athlete. Yeah, I have athletes and celebrities too. But you know, I, this is interesting. You'll find this interesting, I think, Steve. 
I ask clients, you know, if you didn't have me, who were you talking to? Because you have to be talking to somebody. You know what I hear? Strippers, bartenders, taxi drivers, their barber, the the person they work out with at the gym. I'm going to say this. You don't have a confidentiality agreement with those people. Be careful. And you're not going to get good advice either, but that's a separate problem. <laughs> well, no, and that's a great point. And, and, and I think about all the time is you're not going to ask your uh, plumber to put a new engine in your car. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're saying. That's interesting how you say that. Mm-hmm. We all do that. And you say, bros, I'm a male. So I'll tell you, yeah, I don't talk to my bro. I have a, my best friend I may div, dive deeper into. Mm-hmm. But again, he's just going to support me by like, hey, you know, I'm here for you. You go deep into that black hole and pull all that stuff out, right? Right, exactly. And and we we do the work. And I had a client say to me, Robin, you are the only person in my life who knows the whole story. I can call you and in three sentences, you are up to date because you already know it all. You know, and they say things like, I cannot know with you and be unsure and lost, and it doesn't negatively affect my stock price. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So what would you, uh, what piece of advice would you give somebody that wants to do a startup or starting up a business? You know, the thing that I find interesting about people who start up businesses is they're all about who is my client? What do I need? What's my avatar? What's my niche? Like they're all very outward focused. The question I like to ask people is what are you bringing? What do they, what are you offering this? And I do the same thing when people are talking about dating, when yeah. you, talk to people about dating, they always talk about, this is what my ideal partner looks like. And I'm like, but what, what do you look like for them? Why are you an ideal partner for someone? So if you're thinking about going into business, take some time to look inward and and ask like, what makes me unique? Why am I special? Why would someone hire me as opposed to say Steve or Robin or somebody else? Mm -hmm. And then they find their weakness. I I love where you're going with this. You look inward and go, Okay, Steve, you uh, don't get up early enough. You sleep too late. Let's just use that for an example. Okay. I can go to somebody like you and go, hey, I want to do a startup or, or I have a business, whatever that situation is. Mm-hmm. And that's where you delve into. I would do that hello call and go, hey, here's I sleep in too late. I do this, this, and this because I've looked at myself. Then and you can start working. And that's one of the questions I love to ask. The first question I love to ask anyone is what do you want to be different? Because I could ask you, what is your dream? What is your goal? What is your vision? Where do you want to go? That is such a big question. But if I say to you, Steve, what do you want to be different? That's going to start me out with, oh, you know what isn't really working? And anybody can talk about what's not working. One thing that you do, and I, I heard the first time we met a few weeks ago, and I'm hearing it now, you ask a lot of questions. What's the power of questions? And that's just not for your job, but for everybody, right? I do. I love asking questions. And you know what's funny? I have literally, I'll show you. Wow. These are all questions. So it's not like I just have hundreds of questions in my head. I mean, yes, when I'm talking to someone, there are things that come up, but I also kind of look at these things and, and I'll ask questions like, if I were to make up or imagine where you were to be in the next six months, what do you think that would look like? You know, that's a really powerful question. Once you get with what do you want to be different? Because then you can do what's called problem deconstruction using backcasting. So hmm. you go, oh, it succeeded. Here's the backcast of how we got here. Here's the piece people meet, leave, leave out though. You have to do a pre-mortem, which is problem deconstruction from we failed, something went sideways. 
how did we end up there? Interesting. So using the experience, good or bad, and learn from it, but you don't go back and look at it. You can't learn from like you did in your in your lifespan and all the lessons that you learned, like you got to go to college and things like that, which are all mm -hmm. positive. Mm -hmm. How important is positive energy when you work with your clients? Well, so I meet my clients where they are. Okay. And what that means is that if a client comes to me, like I had a client call me on a Saturday and his father was on life support and he needed some help. He said mm -hmm. to me, Robin, you have to help me decide if I'm going to kill my dad. I can't meet him with a whole bunch of positive energy. That's not a thing. Mm -hmm. I can meet him with stable empathy, kindness, and support and say, all right, what do we need to do? What does your dad want? What do you need from me? So yes, positivity and the idea that we can get through this, but not positivity as in, and you see this in coaches, it makes me crazy. Keep a smile on your face. It's amazing. Yay, yay, you. No, don't do that to your clients. Cheerleaders to become, and that's why I asked that question because mm -hmm. we talked about it before. And I'm glad you said what you said it so eloquently because we can't be cheerleaders all the time. No. You know, like you said, somebody called me last week, their dad died. Hey, I'm here for you. I'll pray for your family. That's all I can do. I'm not going to go, hey, just let's go out to dinner and have a couple of beer. I don't know, but you know, right. he's going to go, I'm not. And that's I'm where you meet there. them where, right. Meet yep. them where they're at. Mm -hmm. So that's a big ingredient to be a coach or to work with people. Correct. Yeah. And I learn all of the time. I'm yeah. always reading other people, other psychologists, other coaches, what are their skills? What are their knowledge? What tools are they using? How can I integrate them? How can, and I'm not above saying to someone, Hey, you know what? I watched a documentary by this guy, Dr. Stoltz. I read all of his books. He's got some really great ideas. Let me share some of them with you. I don't know it all. I will maybe when I'm 90. I don't yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, that segues. I love you said learn and educate. Let's talk about your books. You've written three books mm -hmm. to educate. And I mm -hmm. think that's important. Not so much that you wrote it, but how are you educating people with your books? And please show us the books and the name of the title. Yeah, sure. So this is the first one. I wrote it back in 2010. I turned my dissertation into a book. It's called Stop the Drama, The Ultimate Guide to Female Teams. And this one was written for female athletes, their coaches and parents. And it talks about the chaos and the infighting and the, and the just bickering that yeah. can happen on female teams. I will point out, Men do the same thing if they're not allowed to get into fistfights, but on athletic teams, men just get into fistfights. So <laughs> that my dissertation was, um, I did a leadership and team development program for a D1 swim team. And that's where this book came from. So that's that one. The second one is called The Ultimate Guide to Handling Every Disagreement Every Time. And this book was kind of the result of people, business people reading my stop the drama book and saying, Hey, can you write one for businesses? And I have to point out my husband, Russ Brizano did the uh, artwork and the, and on that. Beautiful. So he's a really great graphic designer. So got to give him a shout out on that book. Good job, uh, Russ. Yeah. Good job, <laughs> Russ. He did a great job on that one. And then the, uh, the third one, we actually, uh, six years ago now, my husband and I started looking for how can we be healthier? Cause we're both former competitive athletes. I said, I was a beach, comp a competitive beach volleyball player. And he's a former competitive bodybuilder and trainer on the Mr. Olympia tour. And when we started looking for, you know, we're not as young as we once were, how can we be healthier? We ended up becoming plant-based, uh, just kind of going down the science path. And then we wrote a book together called How to Feed a Human. And it's about our journey to becoming plant-based. And we actually did start a business called the Whole Food Muscle Club, but um, it, it didn't survive COVID, unfortunately. Right, the right. book is still available. So those books are... What I really, really like about them is everyday stuff oh, yeah. that we all deal with. 
mm-hmm. themes, and that could be teams in your business, or you know, you did the business one about disagreement. We all have the ups and downs in agreement. We don't agree. I mean, where husbands, your husbands and wives don't do that because right. you're female and male. That's the nature of it. We're not always going to agree, but it's how you handle them mm-hmm. is important. The ability to give evidence-based feedback. This is what I see. This is what I feel about it. And this is what I'm going to say in response. Well, these books will be in the show notes. Uh, Go out and get them. If you have questions about the book, again, reach out to to Robin and she'll get those questions answered. And I want to put it out there. She mostly works with men. But when you said that, my thought audience, if you're a wife, a girlfriend of a CEO, or he's just stressing out, you just know he's going down the wrong path, you reach out to Robin and say, hey, I've got Steve Ramona. I'll just use my name. Hey, you know, he's stressing out. He owns his company. Right? That would, that would be a great connection that for works, you, too. And I, I do work with women. The, yeah. challenge, the interesting thing about women is that because women have friends, they tend to vent the frustration. Yeah. And so they they don't get the support and the help they need, but they vent the frustration. So then they don't see the need to hire someone. Whereas men, yeah, but you're right. Women often will reach out. And the thing about me is wives trust me because A, I'm through the computer. And but B, this is what I do professionally. There is no risk that I'm going to get between them. I, I don't, that's not a thing. Right, right. And that's important to know because there is that defensiveness that a wife would or a girlfriend would have it's you know dr robin she's done all this great stuff she's good luck you know all this stuff to get in your head like my my boyfriend is talking to her and why is he telling her everything yeah let me say this right here because i think it's important i've asked men like why don't you talk to your spouse why don't you talk to your significant other and often what they say is i love her I do not want to dump this nonsense on her and stress her out. And then we're both stressed out and that's not helpful. It's much better for them to be able to talk to me because I don't get stressed about it. I get very, okay, let's figure it out. And so rather than creating a swirl of emotions and stress and everybody's got anxiety, it's better to come to me with it than it is to their spouse. God, that's such a great point being married. And it's July of 2022 when I got married being newly, newlywed. That is so powerful. And boyfriend, girlfriend, or best friends. That's mm-hmm. what I really like about what you're doing. It goes the full gamut of people. It's mm-hmm. just not couples. You know, it's, it's right. you know, your dad and you as a son or uncle and, or a close grandmother or whatever it may be. Well, we're running out of time. I don't want to run out of time because I'm I learning know, so, so much. much this fun. has been so much fun. Um, I've learned a little bit more about you. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Steve. So much. Uh, you brought so much value and, and you gave some advice. Again, how can they find you if they want to reach out to you? The Mental MacGyver. So the website is mentalmacgyver.com. That's the best place to find me. If you can, if you can spell my last name, uh, LinkedIn's great. Dr. Robin Odegaard is also, you can find me there. And again, YouTube Quick Hits. And I do this once in a while on my show. I'm going to do it today because I really like Robin a lot. I'm going to put a challenge out there. The first two listeners that reach out to Robin. Make sure you use Steve's name. So you make sure you use the podcast, there. my name or my name. Yep. I'm going to send you a gift. Robin will reach out to me and say, nice. I'm going to actually mail them a gift. Oh, that's kind. Because COVID's opened this whole thing up. And you are solving those COVID problems. Mm. And much more, but it really opened our eyes, you know, the virtual we're doing. I have clients all over the world. Yeah, that you can help 
just as well as is in person. Mm -hmm. It saves both people money to do that and time is saved. But I, I really want people to connect with you because let's change the world one person at a time. Absolutely. I agree uh, see, with that. I mean, I'm on board. Let's do it. So I want to leave our audience. Again, you've given us so much knowledge and tips and advice, but what's one piece of advice you can help my audience with their journey in life? I'll give them the best advice that was ever given to me when I was in the midst of the chaos that was my life. Someone said to me, Robin, you are resilient. Stop making decisions that make you prove it. And what that means is don't go it alone. Don't do it the hard way. Reach out, ask for help. And if someone offers to help, to help you, take it. Don't be ridiculous. So don't make decisions that make you prove you're resilient. 